I'm your host, Shannon Lonergan, and today I'm joined by my coworker, Lucas Ost. This podcast will be about of getting ahead of the new year so that you can lead the charge when it comes to quarter one of 2024 instead of the year leading you. Hey, Lucas, how are you? Hey, Shannon. It's good to see you. How have you been? I have been. We have been. It has been busy around these parts. It has been. I just got back or off of three annual planning sessions with our fantastic clients. So I have spent more time in a conference room than I have ever expected. But the best part about it is we're getting a lot done. We're excited for 2024. And I know our clients are most equipped to enter the new year. Yes, we love annual planning meetings. I mean, do we love the meetings? Debatable, but we love annual planning because it really sets the tone for the new year, um, which is what we're going to talk about today. But first, um, catch me up on the last couple months because we've been off air for a while just trying to get our head above water and trying to figure out what 2024 looks like for Axiom. Yes, that's right. I have thoroughly enjoyed my time at Axiom. I started back in June, so I'm coming up on just about six months now. And I can truly tell you six months have flown by. I look at every day as a new opportunity to learn something new. And I'm just blessed to be surrounded by a great team, to have great coworkers that care for me, that desire for me to be successful. And I know I'm a better employee today, six months later, because of that care that my team has shown me. And that makes me excited for 2024 because I believe every day that we're spending here planning, preparing, thinking through what the new year is going to look like will equip us to have a successful new year coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um, We have just been in the thick of it and we took a um, couple months off after we did our big team podcast um, just so that we could all kind of figure out, okay, what do we want the podcast to look like? And you'll probably have noticed that we now have seasons. So this is season 24 of the Axiom podcast, which is just honestly a little crazy that There's 24 seasons um, that we're marking out and we're hoping to have a little bit more of a systemized way of what our podcast season will look like, um, as well as what our blogs are going to look like and any other content that we want to send out to you, our listeners and any business owners that are uh, tuning in today. So today I really want to talk to Lucas. And the reason I have Lucas in here is because he is our resident app expert. (laughs) I like to make fun of him because he, um, well, for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because he has so many different apps that he uses and he is the king of figuring out which ones actually work best for what situation. (laughs) So go ahead and tell us a little bit about like how you got there and like why you got so interested in that. Yeah. Thank you for teeing me up in that particular way. As you were saying that I actually glanced over to my laptop, which I have next to me to judge just based on my dock, how many apps I currently have installed and open on my laptop. And you're right. It is a blessing and a curse at times having a love for apps in the way that I do. But I've just realized over time that we are finite creatures. We have limited resources when it comes to time, when it comes to our thinking space, and when it comes to just our energy to accomplish tasks. And if there's a way to save time or save energy or mental space in using apps, then I wholeheartedly believe it's worth exploring. And that has been my goal in exploring apps, in thinking through what apps can do to help me as a professional. And a few months ago, I wrote an article about 
I believe it was just about 70 apps that I have tried out <laughs> over my oh so short career at this point. And I can tell you that there's a lot of great apps out there. And then there's some mediocre apps out there. But ultimately, there's a lot of options out there. And that's what makes me excited because there's companies out there that are consistently looking for ways to improve those apps and make our lives as professionals just a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. So what do you, when you're looking at your apps, um, I'm going to ask in a little bit, like which ones you currently are using and loving and over the last six months, but when you're like researching and testing things out, what is your process in that? Great question. It involves a Google search and best productivity apps of 2024 and a list. (laughs) And that's what I'm looking through. And typically I do like to involve different reviews or other people's opinions that may have already done the legwork that I don't need to do that have had a opportunity to look at different apps and what they can offer and then give their verdict. And so there's a few people that I look at that I trust and trust their judgment and that have been helpful in kind of saving me some time when I look at these apps. But the question I ask myself whenever I consider a new app is, one, is it worth the time investment to consider if this is a helpful resource to explore? And then two, how is it going to save me time? Mm -hmm. If it were to be fully implemented, fully useful, fully up and running, how is it going to help me be a more efficient professional? Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Now, I have a little bit of a different philosophy when it comes to using different tools. Are you telling me you're disagreeing with me? Fully disagreeing. I just think that we can agree to disagree. Agreed. (laughs) I am somebody who likes consistency. I really struggle like switching in between different things. Some would say like ADHD. Some would just say that I am flighty. Depends on the person, depends on the day. But I've learned with myself that I can't give myself too many options. Otherwise I get like analysis paralysis and I just get overwhelmed and then I don't do anything. No tasks are completed. And that's not the point of having these apps to be able to help you with productivity. So I have found personally that having the least amount of apps and the least amount of places that things are going is what works best for me. Um, So like I know that you have like a different place for your notes versus where you do your to-dos. Is that still, or at least that's what you were when you first started. Is that still true? That's correct. And that's a fair question to ask because you're absolutely right. By the time you ask me in a month, that might be a different answer. <laughs> but you are right. I do use different apps for different use cases. And I see where you're coming from. And what you shared made me think of a productivity paradox that was really coined by Ali Abdal. He's a great YouTuber fantastic resource that I do recommend when it comes to some of these productivity things we're talking about. And one of the things he mentions is that sometimes professionals can get so bogged down in setting up their tools, setting up their tasks list, setting up their notes apps that they're really not getting any work done. They're just sitting there setting up and then nothing is actually getting done. And they feel so productive because they're looking at their tools, they're looking at their computer, and they feel like, yeah, I'm getting all of this stuff input. I have all my tasks organized, but then nothing's getting done because all the time is spent organizing. And so there is that, I think, tension to at some point just be able to say, this might not be a perfect setup. This might not be exactly how I want it to be, but it's going to do the job and it's Mm going to save me time. 
and it'll allow me to be more efficient in the future and just be content in that way. And I've made at times I've struggled with that because in my mind, I want the best of the best, whether that's a tool, whether that's a resource. And if I haven't found it, I want to look for it. But having that contentment of saying, I have what I need organized and I can get stuff done and I know where I can find things when it comes to my notes mm-hmm. is a win in my book. Yeah. So explain a little bit, like, why did you choose to have your to-dos and your notes separate? That's a great question. It really came out of a result that for the longest time, I was on a quest to find the one-stop shop tool for everything, whether that relates to notes, whether that relates to calendar, scheduling my calendar, and to-do lists. And I just came to realize that I am shooting myself in the foot. I'm trying to find a tool that either just doesn't exist or has yet to be created by myself. And I've actually approached that earlier this year of just developing a tool just for myself and thinking through what would it look like to have a tool that is built for me. But then I quickly realized I don't have the expertise to actually put that together and then quickly attract back. But now I do use uh, really the main tools that I use is a notes app called Bear. I use a to-do app called TickTick, and I have my Apple calendar, which feeds my work calendar. It also feeds my personal calendar. I do have a separate church calendar that I single out for church commitments and think through how can I best organize all the information that either I'm exposed to or that I need to retain with those three apps and a couple more. Mm-hmm. So when you're taking notes for through Bear, which I actually tried out Bear when... Lucas had showed us it. I remember. Yeah, I didn't hate it. But my issue, again, is like I'm going into multiple places to find the information and then put it in another place. Mm-hmm. And I just get very overwhelmed by that. So it's just not the best for my how my brain works, mm-hmm. I've learned. Um, but when you're taking notes, like I take notes in ClickUp. So I put to-dos, I take notes. I have pretty much everything stays in ClickUp because it's just where my brain works the best. Now, we also have to use the Axiom app um, because Joey has created that for us to use for meeting agendas. We have our priorities in there for every quarter, and then we have um, some of our to-dos as well. So I kind of check both of those, and I try to put everything into ClickUp as well so that I can just go to one place. (laughs) Um, But when I'm taking notes for personal use, I either will use GoodNotes on my iPad or I'll use like just the generic Apple Notes app. Mm-hmm. Do you use Bear for everything? That's a great question. I want to just make a quick shout out for our Axiom app. Can you believe that we work for a company that has its own app? It's pretty I mean, cool. That's pretty, that's pretty legit in my book. We're clapping for Joey. He's that's on the right. other side of the wall. He can that's hear right. us. That app is phenomenal. I am glad we're moving into that direction. And I know our clients will benefit from that app without a doubt. But going back to your question... I think where our conversation is going points to something that is truly the beauty of productivity and what we've talked about in how to get ahead for 2024. Our preferences are different. I use multiple apps to keep track of the same information or very similar information that you're exposed to in the world of consulting, but we're doing it in different ways. And I think so many times individuals, when they're faced with how can I get more organized, get so caught up in the how rather than the end result. And what is the end result? The end result is to not have to keep track of so many things in your head. Mm -hmm. So if you have an app that can help you track all of your to-dos, what that means is that your brain doesn't have to keep track of them. Mm -hmm. All you have to think about is 
entering the to-do, and then your brain doesn't have to remember, per se. All it has to know is where to find it. And so that is where the beauty of that productivity piece comes in, because for Shannon, she knows she's going to find her information in ClickUp. For Lucas, I'm going to be able to find that information in Bear or TickTick. And with your question also, there is that piece of being able to enter information and being able to find it. Because I think too many times we get caught up in adding information, adding information, and then we spend 30 minutes trying to find this one particular file on our computer that is just dug deep. And instead, it's so important in setting up your tools, in getting organized, to be able to give your brain that break, to not have to think about all these tasks, and instead be able to think about the real important stuff, but also being able to know where can I find what I'm looking for. So if there's a particular note, I mentioned those annual planning sessions I was a part of last week. If I need to go back to those, say six months from today, I know where to find them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's critical. And so I do keep track of a lot of my notes in Bear, but I also have notability because I do like my Apple Pencil. And (laughs) when I bought my Apple Pencil a couple of years ago, part of me felt like I entered this, for lack of better words, marriage with my Apple Pencil. Like in order for me to take notes, I had to use my Apple Pencil. Mm -hmm. And that would involve handwritten notes. And anytime I type in notes in my Bear app, which is really just typing notes, I look at my pencil. I'm like, I feel like I'm cheating on my pencil because I should be using it. Yeah. But just giving yourself that freedom to say, you know what? I think this is the best use case for what I'm trying to keep track of. Mm -hmm. I still use my Apple Pencil for other purposes and it works for me. Yeah. And we have some consultants on the team. Um, Honestly, I think... Joey, Devin, and Cameron all have reverted to handwritten notes during meetings. Um, and I tried for a while because I love using good notes with my Apple Pencil on my iPad for church. So I bring it to church and that's where I take all my sermon notes and um, I doodle during the sermon. I know. How dare I? But <laughs> it helps me stay focused. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um so I tried for a while to do notes on good notes during meetings, but I can't like my brain is going so fast during meetings with our clients that I just cannot keep up. So I think it's pretty cool that Devin and Joey and Cameron are able to do that. Um, but for me, I have to type during a meeting because that's the only way I can get it down fast enough. That's such a good point, because at the end of the day, do what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Like as you're listening to this, and us talking about different tools and different ways to keep track. There's no one solution fits all. Everyone is a little different. Everyone has different preferences. And it's most important to find what works for you. Yeah. Tiago Forte, another person I look up to when it comes to this kind of conversation or topic, is or has coined a term called CODE, which stands for Collect, Organize, Distill, and Engage. And his point is that anytime you're engaging with information, that piece of information needs to walk through this process. You collect information, you organize it, you distill it, and you engage. When we're faced with a piece of information, we need to make a decision. Do we need to collect it and keep track of it? Or is it worth discarding? And if it is worth collecting, how are we going to organize it? And so the most critical piece in any tool that you use is being able to say in an instant, if you're faced with a piece of information that you have collected, where are you going to organize it? Distilling then helps us understand Once that information has been organized, how do we actually make it useful? Because simply because we saved a link off of LinkedIn or we saved a sermon that we found online doesn't mean that in itself it's useful just yet. 
And so distilling helps organize your information in a way that brings the most critical pieces out. And then engage is the most valuable piece because this is where the information that we collect actually becomes useful to us. And any tool that you explore, whether that is handwriting your notes, whether that is organizing them in an app, whether that is using maybe a tool that you've built yourself through Notion or Coda, which are two great tools, at the end of the day, walking through that process will help you get to a point where you can engage with your information to make it useful for you and make you a better professional. Yeah, those are really good points. So, all right. So, Lucas, we know that your top apps are TickTick, Bear, and just the general calendar that comes on Apple. That's correct. That's what you use. And you also... I make fun of him for this so much. He likes to use Microsoft. Like it happens. He is <laughs> from the 90s, which I'm from the 90s. So I guess I shouldn't be saying that. But. Hey, I'm your 97 baby right here. <laughs> I cannot get over the fact that he still uses Microsoft. And I know there's a lot of our clients that still use Microsoft, but I am not a fan. Stay strong, guys. Microsoft's great. <laughs> I personally love Google like everything Google, the Google suite. And then I use ClickUp um, for pretty much anything else. And I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate the notes app um, for like general to-do lists because I was like creating documents in Google Drive or I was creating them in ClickUp and then they'd get lost. <laughs> that was I not know helpful. That, <laughs> that was not helpful. So at least with like notes, you can pin stuff. Um and then with ClickUp, there's different widgets that you can get on your iPad and on your iPhone and all of those. If you have Android, you can also get them there. So then you have on your home screen, like the, the tasks will just pop up. So that is what works for me. So the point of this whole podcast is that we want to get ahead of 2024 and we don't want the calendar to be getting ahead of us. We don't want our tasks to be getting ahead of us. So when we're thinking about what is coming ahead, as we're doing all these annual planning meetings with our clients and we're figuring out what are our clients doing? We're doing an annual planning meeting for Axiom um, in a week. What is it that we're hoping to accomplish so that we can stay ahead of the year? That's a great question. And where my mind goes in the immediate and thinking through what is the most fitting recommendation for people that are listening as 2024 is right around the corner and we're recording this in December of 2023. I think about for us to be mindful of priorities. Priorities are critical. That involves like our overall 90 day priorities, but even everyday priorities in ways that we have to make decisions every day on things that we are going to work on things that we would like to work on and things we just cannot work on today. And I find the Eisenhower matrix so helpful when it comes to that. And I believe that would be a great way to start. So if you're listening to this and you look at 2024 and you've been in this boat before, I certainly have. I'm sure Shannon has as well. You have all these great plans for 2024 and the year goes on and you feel like by month three or four, all those plans have gone by the wayside. A good place to start is to consider what are all of your major tasks. If you think of 2024 and you've put yourself 12 months into the future, what are the things that you have to accomplish in 2024? And write them out. 
just give yourself a piece of paper and write everything out that you want to accomplish. You can do this for your personal life. You can do this for your professional life. You can even do it for your relationship life, if there is one. But once you've written all of this out, I recommend go ahead and Google the Eisenhower matrix and then plot it out. Get yourself a nice big poster from Staples. Get yourself the four quadrants ready and then consider what are the tasks that are most important and most urgent and focus on doing those. What are the tasks that are important and not urgent that you may need to schedule a time for the future? What are tasks that are urgent but not as important that you may be able to delegate? And then this is probably my favorite quadrant, but what are the tasks that are not important and not urgent that you could just about get rid of? And I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier, that we do have to make decisions every day on things that we have to work on and things that we just cannot work on and not get bogged down in. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I use the Eisenhower matrix um, in my life. I try to do it on a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always happen, but I really try because it's so important to remember that you have to have margin in your life. And I think for me, one thing that I would say, and um, those of you who are listening who know me, um, do as I say, because it is something that I struggle with immensely. I am very much a people person, very much somebody who wants to do all the things all the time. But I wholeheartedly believe that in order to get ahead of the year, we have to give ourselves margin. We can't put things into our calendar that is just making us back to back to back to back to back. Obviously, there's going to be seasons of that. There's going to be moments like the last two months, I would say for Axiom, has been very much, I don't know about for you, Lucas, but at least for me, I feel like it's been very back to back. Absolutely. All of the meetings, trying to meet with um, potential clients, all of these things, like it just causes us to have a little bit less margin than normal. But one of my biggest goals for 2024, um, and I'd love to hear yours too, is to have more margin. Give myself a little more space in my day and in my week and in my month so that when I'm looking at my calendar, I'm not just like, oh my goodness, I feel so overwhelmed. I want to sit down on my bed and just take a nap right now. Versus I am so excited for this day because I get to meet with Lucas and I get to meet with Tommy and then I get to go have coffee with a potential new client and then I can go on a walk and then I can just take a breath. Um, I think that is just something that if we could all just collectively be a little better at having a little more margin, that would really help us get ahead for 2024. I absolutely agree. I think about a story, one of my best friends he and I were talking about making some plans to get together. This was a few years ago. And I had suggested one particular date and he came back to me and said, oh, I'm, I'm busy that night. And I think I was just curious in the moment and just asked him, well, what you got going on? It's like, well, nothing really. And it just caught me off guard. Well, wait, you said you're busy, but you got nothing going on? Like, no, I'm just going to like take some time to myself and I just have that blocked on my calendar. And it stuck with me because... In our culture, whether that's professional, even just in our personal lives, there has been a stigma of we have to be busy all the time. And we feel better. I'm guilty of this sometimes. We feel better when our calendar looks full. We feel more productive. We feel more efficient. We feel more valuable. And that's just a dangerous trap. And to your encouragement, make time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Block that off on your calendar. 
find things that you enjoy that you enjoy and set time aside to do those. And I wholeheartedly believe that once you do that, once you set yourself that time for yourself, you're going to be better at everything else you're doing. Mm -hmm. But to your point, it involves having that margin. Yeah, it definitely does. I would say that two of my favorite quotes are busy is not a badge of honor. Like nobody's going to wave a white flag for you because you say, I'm so busy. They're just going to look at you like, okay, well, what are you doing to fix that? Mm -hmm. And um, if the devil can't make you sin, he's going to make you busy. And that was um, by Corey Ten Boom in her autobiography that she wrote when she was a Holocaust survivor. And that one sticks with me because it's true. If there is a lack of you not sinning in your life, look at other things. Are you constantly trying to keep yourself busy? Are you constantly doing and going and being? I was talking to one of my best friends actually on Sunday, and we both looked at each other like, oh my gosh, we have five parties this week Hmm. together that we're going to same nights, same days. Like how did we get roped into five different parties in the same week? And it's because we didn't do what your friend did. We didn't say no, we didn't put that on the calendar. So I think that this is how I would like to leave this podcast. I would love to just encourage our business owners and our key leaders in those businesses. It's okay to say no. It's okay to have a little bit of margin in your in your calendar. It's okay to say that you need time for yourself. Um, and remember to not confuse busy and productivity because they're not the same. What a mic drop statement. If I could, this microphone's mounted that I'm using. Otherwise, I'll drop it. <laughs> Thanks, Lucas. I really appreciate you joining me today. And I will talk to you soon. And until next time. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Axiom Strategic Consulting. You can also find us on LinkedIn. You can find Lucas at Lucas Ost. You can find me at Shannon Lonergan. And you can also find us just by searching Axiom Strategic Consulting. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out via email by emailing us at contact at axiomstrategic.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks.